nobody had a plan for it. You know, I knew something was gonna give. I didn't know exactly what. From the Minnesota Reformer, this is Reformer Radio. I'm Max Nesterak. The pandemic has been hardest on restaurants, small businesses, and Black-owned businesses. Sammy's Avenue Eatery is all three. This week, one Black business owner's year in Minneapolis. Getting loans. You know, you would think they would know me by now uh, after seeing my Black face for nine years. But um, they, we, they gave us problems. Weathering the riots. The young people stepped up and stood out in front telling people not to come over here. This space is ours. And keeping the doors open. These people need need us, so we can't take a break and step back, so we actually have to step forward. It's Friday, May 14th. All right, can you start by introducing yourself? Um, yeah, up to who? Uh, to the listener. Well, just tell me your name and your title or, yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, just a, a, anybody? Yeah. Okay. Hi, my name is Sammy McDowell. I'm owner-operator of Sammy's Avenue Eatery. Um, I met Sammy McDowell at his restaurant, Sammy's Avenue Eatery in Northeast Minneapolis. He actually has two locations, in North and Northeast. They're casual sandwich spots. He also does homemade soup, and he's famous for his pies. He got his start in the food business back when he was a teenager, starting, like a lot of teenagers do, at a fast food restaurant. It's been, wow, I'm old. Um, Almost 30 years I've been in the food business. So um, I started way back in the day at um, KFC. I was a you know, team member there. And I kind of really um, wanted to pursue a, a career in um, in the food industry. So I worked uh, as a general manager from the time I was 18 until um, God knows when. He ran a KFC and then a Jimmy John's. You know, that all along inspired me to want to do it for myself after a while, you know, get tired of working for other folks. So you want to do it on your own. About nine years ago, Sammy had saved up enough money to open his own restaurant. He didn't go to a bank and take out a loan. He didn't want the debt. He did it with his savings. And originally, he was looking over in South Minneapolis, where he grew up. But then his friend spotted a place by their church on the corner of Broadway and Emerson in North Minneapolis. I was like, no, I don't know. I don't know. He was like, well, at least check it out and see, you know. So I just kind of let it go. But he ended up calling the number and getting all the information for me and all that. So that's when I actually pursued the uh, interview with the guy who owned the building and all that. So and it kind of seamlessly happened. So and knowing after being there for a while, seeing how North Minneapolis really needed um, the presence of an African-American um, business owner to really um, be that example for the, the community in North so that younger people can actually see themselves in business and see themselves being successful. Um, that's kind of um, what it became. You know, I didn't set out to be that. I set out to just have a restaurant just like everybody else. Over the years, his restaurant has become a hub for the neighborhood and attracts all walks of life. Some people even refer to our North store as the Cheers Bar, you know, where everybody kind of knows your name. And, you know, um, and I sometimes say it's America. Sometimes when we're really busy and you look out into the um, 
the area seating area and you see everybody sitting there to me it it just reminds me of how america kind of should be you have your young teenager you have your white uh collar business executives you have your blue collar folks you have your entrepreneurs and these people are all i mean white black asian and they're all happy to be in the same space together and they're enjoying each other um yes hi are you here for the pickup? It's right there for you. Thank you. All right. So, so yeah. But Business was going really well. He wasn't making a ton of money, but enough to hire a manager to run his restaurant in North and open a second location in Northeast. And then the pandemic hit. Nobody had a plan for it, you know, so I'm a person of um, faith. So I knew that uh, God would, like, definitely provide a way for us, you know, so I you start using my savings, at, you know, to pay the staff and, you know, until we got uh, things together. And it was months before. In we, April, uh, the federal government came out with the Paycheck Protection Program. It provided forgivable loans to businesses so they could continue paying their workers and stay afloat, even as many like Sammy's were forced to temporarily close. Sammy walked just across the street from his restaurant to apply for one at his bank. U.S. Bank. We've been banking with them the whole nine years we've been at Sammy's Avenue in existence. Um, but we weren't able to get it with them. The branch that we went to, that we know the branch manager, and we go there every day because they're right across the street from us, they, we, they gave us problems. So we ended up going, uh, once I found out Square, who does our processing, um, once I found out they were doing it, we actually applied through them and we got it within a week. So it was like uh, a little disheartening to know that the bank that I bank with, that we bring our deposits to every day, and we've been going to every day for change orders, et cetera, et cetera. And, you know, you would think they would know me by now uh, after seeing my black face for nine years. But um, we kind of got to jump through hoops and all this stuff. And I was like, are you serious? This is money that the government has put aside for small businesses. You guys are just, you're, you're the uh, vehicle that they're putting the money through. So you, your hesitancy and all this stuff that you're doing is unwarranted. So you were able to get the PPP loan through Square? Through Square. And how did that happen? So Square does our processing. So they have all of our information, just like uh, U.S. Bank sees all of our deposits and all that stuff that goes on and payroll checks coming through and everything, Square sees that as well. They didn't have to ask me any questions because they saw it all. So only thing they um, had me do literally was sign a document and they submitted it. It's up to the SBA whether they approve it or not. And they did. So then you get the first loan and then George Floyd is killed by police on the other side of the city and there's protests and rioting and looting. And where were you when things started to get out of hand? I was at home and just really praying for praying for uh, people's minds to be um, okay. Um, I, I made the decision to stay open. Even the, the mall, the strip mall across the street where the U.S. Bank and all that stuff, all of that stuff got destroyed. Windows busted, um, you know. 
they're trying to take the ATM out of the the safe out of the U.S. Bank. So like, and all the stores over there were boarded up and had to shut down and do all that. And I get a, a notification at two in the morning. And these young people are outside of Sammy's Avenue Eatery on Broadway telling people not to come over here. This is not, uh, this is, this space is ours. This is, wow. this is our cafe. We, you will not bust the windows out over here. You will not come over here with all that. So about six of these young people were out here, um, on Facebook Live, like telling them the crowd, don't come over here. This is not, you know, this is a black owned business. This is one of our uh, uh, mentors in the community. This wow. is this. And I was just like, I cannot believe. I was like, you guys be safe. And I was like, tell them <laughs> don't be busting my windows for no mayonnaise. It's not <laughs> worth it. You know, we ain't got nothing up in there for you to be busting our windows for. So it was just really good to see that, you know, the young people stepped up and stood out in front, which became a nightly thing afterwards. For about a month, uh, we had people outside of our uh, space um, taking um, taking charge as a community and making sure that our space stayed um, in operation, you know, so that they could have a space to meet and talk. Because obviously every time something happens from uh, Jamar Clark to uh, Philando Castile, anything that happened, big events, the rallying space the next day is Sammy's Avenue Eatery. We're going to go there. We're going to talk about it. Um, anything big happens in the community, people show up the next day. And I told uh, the staff over there, I was like, if anything big happens, just know the next day is going to be very, very busy here. So make sure you're stocked up and ready to go because people are going to come in because they're going to want to talk about it, you know. So Sammy just opened his doors to the community. We brought in food and uh, clothing and all this stuff to just help people and stuff like that. But it it really did. a um, And people were working, even the organizers who organized all this, they were organizing and doing all this stuff in the mental state that they were. You know, it's like we really needed to take a back seat and to really get our minds together. But we couldn't because of what was happening and these people need need us so we can't take a break and step back so we actually have to step forward even though we're hurt too and we're uh confused and you know um let's just put this out there there needs to be a big huge grant or something for black folks to go get some therapy because they need it like uh because it's like come on now like this is a lot to deal with yeah you know so do you um, go to therapy i don't I should, but I don't. <laughs> I ain't got time for it right now. <laughs> but when I get some time, I'm going to therapy. Yeah. Well, I you mean, know. I'm just thinking people are processing what happened to George Floyd, then defending the neighborhood, and then dealing with the aftermath of that there's businesses that are just gone. Businesses that are gone. So you're dealing with not having enough uh, income or, you know, if your business is shut down, it's like, you got you got to feed your family and all this stuff going on. You have to deal with the anguish of knowing that you literally just saw this black man get killed. And if you're working, can you literally take time off work to to process what's going on? Or do you have to still go into work? Um, and like I said, we categorize a lot of people. So it makes 
uh, some black people feel like I can't stand white people, even though all white people didn't do it. It's a it's a generalization that happens, just like some people think that all black people are thugs and rapists and all this, whatever they think. Um, at the end of the day, we um, we don't accept not being a part of America because black people pretty much built America. So it's it would be foolish for anybody to uh, think that we don't belong here. And um, th this community, this Northeast community that we're in, they are they don't realize how deep like racism and all this, these things are. Northeast is more than 70% white. It's nearly polar opposite from where he opened his first restaurant in North, which is more than 70% people of color. But Sammy does not shy away from talking honestly about race and racism with his new customers. I had a conversation with an older white lady the other day about this, and she just didn't know. She just doesn't realize how, how deep it is. You know, I was like, systemic racism is so deep. She's like, her son is trying to educate her on that. Because even her deed to her house that she has, has, you know, you cannot sell this house to a black person. And uh, she said her 22-year-old son had to research and point that out to her. And she's trying to figure out how to get it off of there. Um, that's one of the small steps she's taking. And I was like, just think about it. Your, your house probably was handed down from generation to generation. And that's what I challenged the lady with. I was like, because right before this happened, believe it or not, uh, the pandemic happened. I was going to ha start having community community uh, sessions here because I really want uh, white people, black people to come together and um, really talk freely and to express themselves freely and to be um, just learn and grow from one another. Because the lady said, oh, yeah, right after George Floyd, we started doing walks and, you know, to really. And I was like, did you have any black people involved in your walks or anybody to challenge your way of thinking? Or where she said we were walking to protect our neighborhood. I was like, that's all good and dandy. But did you guys approach the racial aspects of what's going on? And were you guys talking about those things? And were you just talking amongst yourself? Or did you bring in an expert or, you know, or somebody from the community who could uh, challenge you on your thought process? Or are you talking to um, Mary next door and Haggatha down the street who all think the same thing you think? So, and she was like, yeah, we kind of just, you know, got together as a as a community. And, and I was like, you guys basically just had a potluck and <laughs> nothing got really accomplished. So I was like, if you want to really put yourself out there and to really have real change, you would invite me to your hmm. your. Um, and you would do that? Absolutely. Of course. That's I a would. lot to to put on yourself. It's just, a, yeah, those conversations are the con real conversations that we want, that I wanted to have here. I wanted people to come in and um, I don't care if we disagree or I don't care if you, that's your mindset when we leave, but at least give me an opportunity or give the other person an opportunity to speak with you about it and just have a conversation about it. So we can really um, let you know our point of view and you let us know your point of view. So. 
Um, Cause you're thinking this way. And I was like, if I wasn't standing behind this counter serving you a coffee or whatever, or if I was just walking down the street, I would probably be a scary black man to you. But because I'm behind the counter, I'm serving you coffee and a piece of pie. I'm Sammy now. Opening, being a black business owner, opening up in a predominantly white neighborhood here. Did you, you have the opportunity to be a bridge builder between people who don't normally get to talk to one another. Did you open it in this location with that in mind? Absolutely not. I didn't. So neither one of these spaces, I was trying to be anything political or anything. I wasn't even thinking about that. I was just doing business mm-hmm. stuff, you know, and it so happens that this we landed here and I didn't even know this area was this way. Yeah. So mm-hmm. anyway, so we have some work to do in Northeast and all over the city. Yeah. It's not just here. It's probably all over the city that people feel their ways. That's why they create these pockets. So, well, they didn't create them. These communities always been here. Um, my pastor came in one, a little bit after we opened and he's older. So the Northeast middle school, he integrated that school in the sixties hmm. and um, he started crying cause he was like, I would have never thought a black person would be able to have a business in Northeast Minneapolis wow. from what he went through, getting bottles thrown at him, going home and having a run home from school and all this stuff. Um, he was like, it was such a racist time. Um, he just never thought that it would ever get to the point where black people would ever be welcomed in Northeast Minneapolis. Me not knowing any of that history, um, I was just like, wow, okay. You know, I didn't come here for that, but okay, I'm here for it. You know, let it happen. You know, so if people want to have a conversation about race and relations and all that stuff, I'm here for it to give my point of view. And I want to hear theirs as well, you know, so... Now, I don't um, even know if I answered your question no, you or not because I'm rambling. No, you did. <laughs> this is. Um, <laughs> you've been. The vaccine is coming out. You've been vaccinated. The pandemic is. The end of the pandemic is within sight. Are you coming out of this year stronger or weaker, do you think? Always stronger. Always learning lessons. I think every day we should be thinking about being stronger. We're, we're, we're stronger because uh, we got through the day before. So I think um, we're stronger and I think I'm wiser. And we've I've learned so much about business and business structure and even come up with some creative ideas on how to, um, you know, maintain even in this process, you know, so I think uh, a lot of people are coming out stronger than they were before the pandemic. Obviously, a lot of people are still struggling. So thank you, Biden, for getting us this money in our STEM, STEMI checks. Because <laughs> honestly, even though we were shut down all this time, I think right when this pandemic is over, they should give us like two weeks off. For, <laughs> everybody. So people everybody. can go on vacation. <laughs> like and enjoy themselves and like shake yourself and just feel free for a minute. Anything else I should ask you or you want to add? Nope. Okay. I think we covered it all. That was great. Thank you. This show was produced by me, Max Nestrak, and edited by Patrick Hooligan. Special thanks to Johnny Ben Sevens, who composed our theme music. This show is new. 
also give us positive reviews on the podcast app so others can find us. You can drop me a line at max at minnesotareformer.com. We'll be back next Friday with a new show, so make sure you're subscribed. Have a great weekend.